This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I think it's an exciting time to be in uh, in Bitcoin and in Bitcoin mining space. I would say, you know, to everyone that's getting frustrated by and bogged down by the lack of regulation, the targeted taxation, the targeted attempts to um, redirect our efforts. Um, now is the time that we know we're doing something of consequence, right? People may not have been paying attention before. Now that the eyes are on us, this is where we actually have, I think, a really amazing opportunity to, um, frankly, link arms with those that are doubting us the most uh, and, and try to find some common ground. But um, but this isn't where you give up. This is actually where you know you're doing something worthwhile. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost, a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? JV back with another special interview episode of Crypto News Alerts. I have Alex DaCosta, one of the few female CEOs in the Bitcoin mining industry, in the building today. How are you doing today, Alex? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Doing fantastic. Why don't we start by you telling me a little bit about your background and how you discovered Bitcoin and got into mining? Sure. So I am originally from Toronto. Uh, I started my career uh, down here in the U.S., uh, actually on Wall Street, uh, in securitized products, structured products, uh, went through you know the, the subprime crisis, um, and then eventually pivoted to focusing on ESG and impact investing. And it was there that I started getting introduced to, you know, more climate techs and earlier stage companies and more niche companies that needed a different way to finance their operations. And that is where I fell into Bitcoin, believe it or not. And I was not one of those people, you know, shaming Bitcoin for its energy usage. I was actually really intrigued and and looked at the energy usage and thought, is this an opportunity to help stand up new renewable power by harnessing the amount of energy that Bitcoin takes? Uh, I wasn't alone in that thought. Um, our founding members were, were looking at it the same way as solar developers. And uh, and one of my colleagues was a, a banker with me, who was running crypto banking at the time, David Yee. And we thought, you know, instead of pitching this as an idea, why don't we do it ourselves? And so that's where I ended up where I am today. Very awesome. And what year was this that you discovered Bitcoin in the first first time hearing about it and discovering it? First time hearing about it, I mean, was really keeping a close eye on it, honestly, since kind of its inception. But I'll be completely honest with you. I was I was deep in the TradFi space. And so I'm looking at it going, what is this? How does it work? And how is it going to fit in with the traditional finance world that we know? And so it was really in the teens starting to pay attention, going, wow, this thing is going through, 
you know, bull and bear cycles, but it's not going away. Uh, and, and really getting more intrigued about what are what are the applications of it beyond just, frankly, uh, speculation, which is, I think, the, the way that I first saw it. And so really starting to understand where the, the more real world applications um, for Bitcoin and how it can really, for my purposes, interact with the traditional financial systems as we know them. Um, and, and I think that for better or worse, it was when I started seeing, you know, the, the, the application of blockchain, uh, and the rails and really starting to see them being used in a more familiar way was when I thought, oh my gosh, like this isn't a trend. This isn't something niche. This is actually, frankly, the more secure way, the better way that we can be doing things. And so it was in 2021 that I, uh, you know, quit my job, um, and, and to help start this company. Fantastic. So this startup was launched in 2022, correct? And what makes it different than typical Bitcoin mining operations, it's renewably powered. So can you touch more about that and how all that works? Sure. So, you know, the the renewable power nature is really exciting because, and look, I'm obviously going to put myself on one side of the argument here, but it, you know, this energy transition is necessary, right? Uh, the, the existing grid, you can talk about how green it is, but also just the existing grid needs more. And so it's really exciting to see something that is powered by renewables. But for us, what's equally as exciting about it is that it gives us access to and control over cheaper long-term power. And so, you know, typically Bitcoin mining is is kind of running around the planet looking for the, you know, the, the cheapest energy sources. Anywhere from 70 to 90 percent of the cost of mining Bitcoin is energy. And so the name of the game is finding cheaper energy sources. And you can do that by looking for stranded energy. Um, but if you can also help stand up that power, which is what we do, it gives you a seat at the table from day one. It makes sure that you're developing a power generation that is you know, truly tailored to your needs. And I think that that's what we found most attractive about this model was if we go and we find stranded energy sources, there's a lot of value in that. Um, but there's also sometimes a, a finite amount of time that that energy is going to be around or going to be available to you in the current contractual form. Uh, and, and frankly, because of who we partnered with to help start this company, our core competency is in renewable power. And so, you know, for us, the process is, you know, as my husband would say, row where you're fastest, right? Just pick what you're good at and stick to it. And for us, it's renewable power. Nice. And what's your sources for this renewable power? Right now, it is solar. Uh, we have a three gigawatt pipeline of brand new renewable power that ACDC will be helping to bring online over the next three years. That will be a mix of solar, wind, and battery. But thus far, our first two sites that are already operational are co-located behind the meter with solar. Uh, our third site, which is coming online later this year, we will be 150 megawatts behind the meter with 200 megawatts of solar. So some pretty great large-scale options right there. Good stuff. And when you say ACDC, you're not talking about the old-school rock band. You're talking about Aspen Creek Digital Corporation. So I just want to clarify for the audience. Look, the reason we started this company was to get access to long-term cheap power. Now, the way that we do that is obviously um, also not only through Bitcoin mining, but also through curtailment, right? If you have this opportunity to turn on and off, um, you should be taking it, not only because it allows you to be a good steward of the grid, but at the end of the day, Bitcoin mining is just the monetization of an energy source. 
And so if you are monetizing that energy source by mining Bitcoin or you are monetizing it by selling it back to the grid, uh, it, it has a, a bottom line impact on your on your Bitcoin mining. So um, curious regarding regulation and FUD, it's nonstop when it comes to Bitcoin energy. So what are your thoughts surrounding all the FUD we see left and right virtually every day in our industry? Uh, it's frustrating. Uh, and, and I don't say that just as the CEO of a Bitcoin mining company. I say that as someone who spent their life uh, in a very he- heavily regulated financial environment. I welcome regulation. So I'm just going to throw that one out there. And I think that already that makes me unpopular sometimes in the Bitcoin space. But I think that uh, there, one of my favorite people in the industry, um, Patty Trumper, is the CEO of Sphere 3D. And she has this great line that says, look, if I'm going to drive a Ferrari, I want to know that there's brakes on it because having brakes allows me to drive it as fast as I can because I know that I can stop. And, you know, regulation really are going to be the brakes on this Ferrari. We need to know the rules by which we're playing. And so we can't just exist without any regulation. What's really frustrating is when it's chasing the wrong actors or it's for the wrong reason. So if we just look at, for example, the energy space right now, there is a proposal, and I know this is taxation, not regulation, but it's it's control through taxation. There's a proposal to put you know, a 30% tax on the energy consumption of Bitcoin miners. That inherently seems a little flawed because you were targeting one specific industry, but you were targeting it because of its energy consumption. You are thereby suggesting that our energy consumption is greater than everybody else's, which it is not, or that it is for the wrong reasons. And so I think that that's what's interesting, right, is that what is that regulation getting at? It's what you're suggesting is that you do not think that Bitcoin mining, that Bitcoin, that, you know, crypto in general has a seat at the financial services table. And I think that that's where I have a big issue with it is that Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining, this entire, you know, kind of blockchain space has not had the opportunity to have a voice at the current regulatory table. And so instead, you have certain people saying, I have deemed it unnecessary. I have deemed it unfair. I have deemed it a threat to the existing status quo. And therefore, I'm going to paint it with the energy hungry brush and I'm going to try to tax it out of existence. So I've said a lot, but I think my 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 basic stance is that regulatory changes need to occur and we need regulation, but we all need to agree on why we are regulating it. Who are we trying to protect and from whom are we trying to protect those people or those entities or their institutions? And I would argue the current process seems targeted and misguided in its approach. And I agree there a hundred percent. It's unfortunate the regulators uh, targeting, you know, Bitcoin mining. And obviously there's reasons behind that, you know, agendas and it's not really fair for our industry. And I think it forces a lot of miners to go overseas or go away from the United States regulators. So if I understand correct, is Aspen Creek Digital, is that out of Texas? Is that where you guys are located? Uh, 
So our first two sites, uh, we have one in Colorado, one in Texas. Uh, our third one is also in Texas. You, you will see us all over the U.S., uh, all over within reason. You, you will see us where there's an opportunity to stand up new renewable power. Wow. And how long does it take to create a facility in a new location? And how many people, as far as manpower, are required to set that up? I'm just curious. Sure. So, you know, there, there's a lot of stages that go into what we do because we have to cite where you can co-locate the data center with the solar. So already there's an added step there. And I will tell you that, you know, this this three gigawatt pipeline of renewable power development that we will be sitting on the other side of, if you were to try to replicate just the renewable power um, process, it would be five to seven years to get it to where it is now. So it takes a really long time in order to go through all of the permitting, in order to get access to these sites and, and, to, and to deem them appropriate. Once they are where they currently sit, which is kind of this green field right now, we're ready to build, um, you know, and the solar, you know, can take 18 months, two years, it really depends on how big it is. Uh, and then on the data center side, you know, it depends on obviously what your structure is for us. You know, it's, it's still under a year process, uh, you know, to get the the entire thing stood up um, when we stood up our 30 megawatt solar uh, or sorry, 30 megawatt data center behind the meter with 87 megawatts of solar. I mean, you had, you had 150 workers on site, um, you know, across all the different, um, across all the different trades. So, I mean, these are, I think sometimes, you know, Bitcoin mining also gets a bad because you can run these sites with less employees than say, you know, a, 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 an auto plant that's going to be drawing on a similar amount of power. And so sometimes we say, well, Bitcoin mining doesn't create a lot of jobs. It actually does, right? So you are creating jobs for these trades folk where they're actually there standing up the data center, standing up the interconnection work, standing up the solar side. Um, and you're also providing really, you know, skilled, uh, higher paying jobs for the employees that stay on site. And so I think especially in this like more decentralized work world where we have folks on site, but we have a lot more people working from home and working from various locations. Um, it's, it's not fair to just look at the whatever number of people it takes to maintain a Bitcoin facility on any given day. There's a lot of folks all over the country, all over the world that are, that are going into that, you know, value chain of mining a single Bitcoin. Right on. Make, makes sense. And do employees have the option to get paid in Bitcoin or do they get paid in fiat? <laughs> you know what's so funny about that is that they should have the option to get paid in Bitcoin. But all the other things that go into supporting running a company like healthcare, like 401ks, all of that, that's not compatible with Bitcoin yet, which is such a shame. Actually, sorry, none of this is actually funny at all because we've all just lived it with watching, you know, the banking sector um go through its latest crisis. And so when you had the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, which thankfully we were not exposed to, but now you have other banks, um, you know, on the precipice or or having just, you know, knocked over the brink recently, making payroll is one of the most stressful and terrifying moments for any early stage company or late stage company. And so looking at, you know, the, the impending doom of not being able to pay your employees because yet another bank is going under and going, Oh my God, we mine Bitcoin. How are we not paying people in Bitcoin? It's not because we don't want to. It's because it's it's not currently compatible with, you know, all of the other benefits that we provide employees. But that day will come, and that day is pretty exciting. Um, we are, as an industry, you know, having the opportunity to pay each other uh, in Bitcoin more and more, and and I think to actually really harness, you know, the Lightning Network and, and harness the rails that the blockchain has provided to 
more seamlessly pay for various services and take out a lot of the um, the, the cement boots that are our existing kind of financial system. Right on. And I think there are services that exist already, like Strike by Jack Mullers, and I think OpenNode probably allows people to convert through the Lightning Network and receive their funds anyway that they yeah. that they wish. What are you most looking forward to in the future for the Bitcoin mining industry? To say we told you so? No, I'm I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. But you know, I'm really excited. I think to to see the continued evolution of of Bitcoin's adoption and Bitcoin mining. You know, I actually had the privilege of spending a few days in D.C. last week um, meeting with members of, um, you know, of of Congress, of Senate and and their staff and being part of that educational journey. And I think what was so exciting was being able to show the ways in which you know, blockchain, the Lightning Network, Bitcoin in particular, can really be additive to existing infrastructure. And so what I'm most excited about, I think, is just becoming kind of part of the the everyday, you know, a- adoption. Um, there, there's an amazing company um, called Sonoda, which, you know, we're really excited about that that helps actually bring your power costs down by 10 to 20 percent because they help you settle transactions Closer to real time, if not in real time, that's it's, it's, it's a dealer's choice. So they have the capability. It's whether or not we want to do it. But when you think about, you know, the cost of energy, a lot of the cost is actually just paying for measuring how that energy was consumed and then verifying that it was consumed and then hiring someone to go send you a bill 30 days after you consumed the power and then getting that money to your bank and then getting the money back to them. And by the time the whole transaction is said and done, 60 days has passed. And not only is that really expensive for a utility because they're having to borrow money to wait for you to pay them for the service that they rendered, but it's very expensive for me because I'm paying an additional 10 to 20% for that entire process to take place. And so this is what's so exciting about Bitcoin is that you can like Bitcoin. You can not like Bitcoin. You can use it. You cannot, right? Do I invest in gold? That's up to me. There's amazing applications beyond just using Bitcoin. And frankly, there's a lot of people that don't have access to traditional finance. Um, there's a lot of people that don't have access to the traditional, traditional banking system in the U.S. So they're using Bitcoin right now. And I learned a lot about that. But I think, again, what's most exciting is just recognizing how appropriate the integration of Bitcoin, how appropriate the integration of the blockchain is in our life regardless of where you fall on the, on the side of the aisle, right? Like you can, you can want less government. You can want more support for social services. All roads lead back to Bitcoin. It's, it's pretty cool. Love it. And uh, as far as Congress overall, what was your perspective? Do they have a, a decent understanding? Do they have no understanding? Are they miseducated? Or do they have no education? What's your overall vibes uh, meeting up with Congress? I think the vibe is that they want to be educated and there's varying degrees of of education on this topic, which is natural for any topic. What I don't envy about any of the staffers on the Hill is that they have to be experts in hundreds and hundreds of topics 
And they have limited resources in terms of where they get that education from, right? How do they know that when we walk in that door that they should trust what it is that we're saying versus somebody else? And when you think about, especially now with the way that, you know, Bitcoin is is falling under the CFTC, which is actually uh, related to agriculture because it lives in the commodities world. You think about someone who has spent their life listening to the dairy industry and how they need subsidies if the price of milk drops by 25 cents. And now suddenly, like ding dong, Bitcoin here to tell you about what we do. Like that is, it, it's, it's a gargantuan responsibility that they have. And so, you know, I, I do really feel for them because every single person that walks through their door is telling them how important their cause is. And it is. And and yet they have a limited amount of days to get up to speed. And so I think that there is more and more uh, level of understanding. I do think that like with any hot topic and, and Bitcoin and crypto are definitely hot topics these days. Unfortunately, you have some folks where they're seeking information to inform a decision that they've already made. Um, I think what's really sad, and again, nothing new here, is that Crypto, Bitcoin, which are, I don't like to use them synonymously, but I'm just going to because you hear that a lot on the Hill. Um, it's a bargaining chip. And unfortunately, we are being used as a bargaining chip against other very important mandates on the Hill. Um, that frustrates me to no end because I think that Bitcoin actually should be something that is unifying. Um, it really can benefit everyone, um, especially those that don't have access to the traditional banking system. Um, and it really can benefit those that want no part of government. And and the fact that somehow like both sides of the aisle are pitting, you know, are pit against each other using Bitcoin as this like, if you believe in it, then you're you're bad. If you believe in it, then you're bad. Like um it's a head scratcher for sure. Uh, and, and so I really hope we can improve the level of education on the hill. Um and 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 push it to be a little bit more bipartisan. I I saw that though. I definitely saw that momentum, um, which is exciting because this really should not be a political issue. Agreed. Uh, great perspective there. And thanks for sharing. What happens hypothetically after the halving about a year from now and the price action soars to the moon, where, where does that take your company? What do you do from there? Hypothetically, if Bitcoin was $100,000 today, how does that change what you're currently doing if it changes anything at all? So a few things. ACDC right now, we are predominantly hosting. Uh, that was a decision that we made when we saw a massive uh, oversupply of, of ASICs stateside. And, and so the decision was made, why would we go raise additional capital um, which is really hard to do in this market when there are a lot of folks looking for places to plug in. So I will tell you, you know, the, the price of Bitcoin matters greatly for the health of our counterparties. Um, but it is not something that we are, you know, solely self mining and therefore solely reaping the benefits from that can obviously change though. Uh, you know, as we bring on more sites, we determine how much, you know, we would like to self mine versus host. Look, I think. If, when, we all, you know, we always have to be positive, right? But with, with the Bitcoin price action, um, ACDC has to be really focused on what it is that is our core competency. And our core competency is using Bitcoin mining as an opportunity to stand up new renewable power. The greater the health of the Bitcoin mining space, the greater the health of the price of Bitcoin, 
the more it allows us to do exactly that, which is bring on new renewable power. And that's good for everyone. Um, we always size the solar larger than our own needs. So you're putting brand new power back onto the grid. And so that's what we're really focused on. So I think Bitcoin mining is, is at the heart of what we do. I also think we are all paying very close attention to the other applications for this power. And that's what you want, right? Like Bitcoin mining is just the first example of the energy transition, not just to more renewable sources, but also to this notion that data center load and frankly any power load can and should go to where cheap power is when it's capable of doing so right so you are starting to see data center applications move away from just hyperscale data centers you know in or near city centers and start moving them to be a little bit remote more remote we tend to do that anyway because we're looking for where we can set up this renewable power and so now the question is how do we marry what we've learned with bitcoin mining with the next applications, you know, you know, on, on the GPU front and beyond. Um, and so for us, we're always looking to innovate, but we're always looking to innovate because we believe the grid has to innovate. And so I think sometimes people are only approaching it from the Bitcoin mining perspective, right? How do I mine more? How do I get the cheapest power? That's great, but you have to control the cheapest power. And so you, you always have to think about what's going to be best for that power, What's going to be best for the contracts? What's going to be best for the lenders and the investors on that power side? What do they want it to look like and how do I achieve that? So we're a little bit more power focused when it comes to the what's next than just purely where's the price of Bitcoin? How is this going to allow me to stand up more? And frankly, should you stand up more? Right. That's that's the other thing. You know, this this has gotten us this far. How much. How much from a Bitcoin mining perspective should we be developing and where? Right. And and. Going back to a regulation conversation, it's very hard to invest the amount of capital that it takes to stand up a new Bitcoin mining facility in an environment that has absolutely no clarity from a regulatory front, from a taxation front. Um, no CEO is going to look you in the eye and go, oh, yeah, that's a great place to spend 100 million bucks. Um, and so we have to be really cognizant of of the of the regulatory. I don't want to use the term headwinds, but just like gray area. It's almost worse than a headwind is not knowing where you stand. Exactly. I call Mr. Gensler no clarity Gary. We call him <laughs> on the channel. What are some of those big applications in the future that could be uh, founded upon uh, for using renewable energy sources that you're most looking forward to beyond uh, Bitcoin mining that will have a big impact in the world? I think just as a general statement, you know, being able to being able to utilize data centers as a bi-directional node of power on the grid, as opposed to the final stop for an electron. Um, they are capable of that. Most things are capable of that. Your home is capable of that. And so just, I'm really excited to see that, to see our ability to utilize data centers as almost like a switching yard as opposed to just like a, a kind of one-way train track, if you will. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how we can start capitalizing on the data center as this flexible, like a true flexible load, instead of just having to stand up brand new power. You know, so Texas, we love it there. We're standing up more business there. 
But it's an interesting debate right now because you have Bitcoin mining capable of operating as a flexible load and they are doing it. And then you also have, you know, proposals like SB6 in Texas, which is looking to stand up 10 gigawatts worth of peaker power plants to react to these peak power demand moments in Texas. And it's like, do we need that? Do we need to spend 10 to $18 billion to stand up 10 gigawatts worth of peaker plants, nat gas peaker plants to help these peak power moments in Texas? Or can we not harness data centers that are flexible load like Bitcoin mining and beyond to serve that same purpose? And then we get back into the politics of like, well, why, why are we standing up one or the other? Um, but so I'm pretty excited just to actually see the data center behave in this way. Um, I think there's a lot of applications that don't need to live inside these massive hyperscale data centers right now, right? They don't need all the power redundancy. They don't need the fiber redundancy. Um, they may only need to be there, you know, graphics rendering for a couple of months and then move on. Um, that's going to be really interesting to see that business relocate to less expensive locations. Love it. And my mind is blown and I super appreciate you coming out here and sharing all of these amazing insights with my audience. According to YouTube analytics, my audience is 93% men and 7% women. So I appreciate powerhouse women like yourself leading the way in the Bitcoin mining renewable energy space. And I just want to say I appreciate you for all that you're doing. Uh, anything you want to close us out with and put a bow on it, the stage is yours. No, I appreciate the time. I think it's an exciting time to be in uh, in Bitcoin and in Bitcoin mining space. I would say, you know, to everyone that's getting frustrated by and bogged down by the lack of regulation, the targeted taxation, the targeted attempts to um, redirect our efforts. Um, now is the time that we know we're doing something of consequence. Right. People may not have been paying attention before. Now that the eyes are on us, this is where we actually have, I think, a really amazing opportunity to, um, frankly, link arms with those that are doubting us the most uh, and, and try to find some common ground. But um, but this isn't where you give up. This is actually where, you know, you're doing something worthwhile. 100% now is where we continue the fight, right? And I'm going to yeah. include all the information down below for Aspen Creek Digital Corp. Check it out. Check out what Alex is doing. Appreciate you and show her some love in the comments right down below. And we appreciate each and every one of you tuning in. We'll see you next time. Peace. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode.